Woohoo! We have a treat for our listeners today. Who doesn't love ice cream? And you know what? Who can't love Liv Menzia? She is the owner of Live a Little Ice Cream. And so it's so fun to talk to her today. This is going to be a sweet interview. (laughs) With a spoonful or two of laughter. A little scoop of delight. Yes, a little scoop of delight. This interview is just sprinkled with insight about what it takes to be a creative when you're one person and Mm. to to launch a business or a brand and stay connected to what brings you joy about it you know i just this is there's just so much in this interview that i loved yeah and her joy is definitely the cherry on top her joy is the cherry on top yes (laughs) yes okay let's uh enough with the ice cream puns let's get on with the interview so yeah I'm curious to know, Liv, how, if, if I'm, if I was meeting you for the first time now, yeah. we met a few years back, but if I was meeting you for the first time now at a cocktail party and I yeah. asked, Hey, so hi, I'm Shelly. What do you, who are you? And what do you do? How would you answer? Yeah. My name's Liv. I am an ice cream maker and a designer for Alter Beauty. And my business is based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Usually they, they ask more about the ice cream. The design stuff always gets put in the trash can. They're like, we don't care. <laughs> Tell us about the ice cream. Yeah, so my ice cream is uh, vegan. It's coconut and oat milk based ice cream. And my goal for my ice cream product is to reach an audience that is looking for something that's more worth it. So um, more often than not, my customer is not vegan. Surprisingly, it's actually someone who has an allergy to products that typically have the dairy in it. So maybe the the customer's gluten-free, dairy-free. I think what makes my brand different than other brands is um, the fun nostalgia behind it. Just, it kind of makes you feel like you're five years old again when you get the pint. I mean, one of my my top flavors named Warm Hug. Like, how do you not feel happy when you're eating a flavor that has that fun name? So what was your kind of origin story from for the ice cream? Yeah, um, yeah. Part? So I've always loved ice cream, like everyone knows this um, since childhood. So it was no surprise when I got an ice cream machine from my boyfriend and his family for Christmas. And the minute I got it, we started making a ton of flavors, right? I was in college when this happened. I was a senior um, in the fall. And so I brought the machine to school. So of course, a million people are around me and everyone loves ice cream. So I started making it and sharing it. And all it took was quite a few people to have an allergy for me to start tapping into the non-dairy sector. I mean, my best friend is dairy-free, so it's so close and near and dear to me. There's so many people where I'm like, let's get ice cream. And they're like, ah, oh, I can't. And I'm like, no, no, you're my ice cream date. So that's when I started playing with coconut milk. And all it took was, you know, after a few weeks, a few people to try it and for me not to like tell them that it's non-dairy for them to just try and be like oh my god this is really good for me to be like I need to tell this it was it was a quick one two three and then it happened um right when the new year hit so I was like perfect new year launch and there was the polar vortex this was 2019 um that the polar vortex I don't know if you remember in Milwaukee had hit so we were stuck in our apartments on campus no class nothing like you literally couldn't leave for like three days I was like, this is perfect. I'm like, I can get a kickstart, like get everything ready. Um, and I just posted online that I was going to start selling ice cream, like no licensing. Like right now, looking back, I'm like, oh, you need this, 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 this to do that. But I didn't know. So I just posted that I was going to start selling ice cream. And then, you know, a week later I was 
I mean, I had a hundred orders overnight. I'm not even joking. And my machine only makes four little containers at a time. And you, it was a Cuisinart where you have freeze the base overnight. And so my machine only can make like four a day. So I'd like make the base, freeze, freeze the ice cream machine while I was at class, come home from class, spin it, package, deliver it, and then like do it all over again every single day. And people knew it would take a while for the ice cream to get to them. But that's kind of how it started blowing up. That's so fun. Are you like, I'd like walk around in my parka, like delivering it. <laughs> That's so Wisconsin too, that during a polar vortex, ice cream would be like a hot commodity. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. It makes no sense. Also, it was just so funny. Cause like I could deliver it by foot on campus because it was so cold out. Like obviously in the summer that would have been problematic, but I literally would like th- throw a bunch of pints in my canvas bag and like shuffle around com- uh, campus in my my large park on Sorel boots and like ring people's doorbells and be like, I'm here and like give them the ice cream, but it worked. Generosity feels like it's the, at the heart of Liv's business plan. So when she hit an obstacle, I mean, it started that way. She gave ice cream to friends. People liked it so much. They asked for it. And then when she hit the challenge of, you know, being asked to stop selling something that wasn't licensed. <laughs> Right. From a dorm room. <laughs> that, yeah. that didn't stop her. She just continued to give it away. Let's build my brand and identity through generosity. What a cool concept. I'm hearing that one of the things that supported you, it sounds like is getting into action and just going, even if there isn't, uh, it's not perfect or you're not even sure mm-hmm. what the outcome's going to be, but trying yes. and doing it. Yes. That's my yeah. whole thing. And that's always my like end takeaway for someone when I talk to them. Um, Cause sometimes I talk to other students at Marquette that want to start something and I always just say they're like so bogged down by all these details and I'm like just start doing it I mean especially if it's a product right if you're making something just start doing it maybe you're not necessarily selling it selling it but start giving it to people start bringing it to your classes bring it to parties to get together you know um obviously food it's a little easier people always want it yeah my biggest thing is just to start it's never going to be perfect it's still not perfect for me I'm still like I need to fix this 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 and I get really overwhelmed but it shouldn't stop me from moving forward, you know, and having more events and things like that. But yeah, that's, that's usually my big, my big thing. I'm like, just do it. And that's what I did. I mean, obviously I got in trouble, but I always ask for forgiveness. And I obviously didn't do it on purpose. And what was I supposed to do as a senior, like seek out a food kitchen, get a, a industrial ice cream machine with what, like how, I mean, no one's going to ever start anything if everyone went that route. Also, I always tell people, I'm like, well, what if you paid for all of this licensing without like having people try your product? Like you want to first make sure it's worth it. And that's why I'm not saying like sell it illegally, but at least give it to people and get feedback before you like, I mean, it's every license is a few hundred dollars depending on the product. So make sure that this is what you want to do. Maybe you're going to want to pivot, which is totally fine. But, you know, try and figure that out before you go through the headache. I loved that at the beginning, how she talked about just doing it. Same kind of thing. Just start small right? Yeah. Just yep. make it for your friends, yep. you know, use your friends as a focus group and, you know, don't pay all the money. Don't get all the loans. Don't get the LLC yet. Just start small. I love yeah. that. And if you're really connected to something that you love doing, you will give it away. So that might even be a good starting place for somebody who's really stuck. What do I do? Like, what do you do for free? Yeah. Yeah. What would you do even if nobody was paying you? What do you do mm-hmm. even when nobody's looking? Right. Because you love it so much. Yeah. 
it's kind of the answer to that. Like, what is your passion? Like, I, I kind of shudder at that question now because, you know, not everybody knows what their passion is, but in the same way that for our interview with Vanessa, her answer was what makes you mad? The answer to, for Liv might be, what would you give away? You know, what could you give away? Even if no one paid you, that's, that's a really interesting way to look at what a what your pa- what a passion could be, what your thing is. One of the things that Liv said that I thought was worth pointing out is that you can mitigate some of the risk of starting a food business by renting a kitchen space by the hour. I'm not in this world, so I'm not super familiar with this concept of a, sh- a kitchen. So it's like a rental. It would it be yeah. like a hair salon where you rent a chair, but you're just yeah. renting the space. And you, but you bring your own equipment. So like, obviously your yeah, ice my machine make- stays there. Cause like, there's no way I could pick it up. It's a couple hundred pounds, but yeah, everyone like shares and you just get time slots and go in and make your product. And you, you also share the shelf, the freezer. So like strategically, I got to like shift out the stuff in my freezer for events because there's other people in the freezer. Yeah. It's okay. things I don't think even my customers really think about. They don't know that I have to figure this out, Yeah, but it's a good way for someone who wants to start something to take lower of a risk. I'm just renting by the hour, unless you were to take some money or invest in yourself and like take a loan out. But I think it's a good way to start. And I think that's how a lot of people start. I know some people too, also, it's like they know someone that owns a restaurant will sometimes rent from them to work and make their products in the restaurant after the restaurant's closed. So, but then you have some ridiculous time, you know, you're there in the middle of the night, but um, yeah, there's some ways to work around it. There aren't as many in Milwaukee food kitchens as there are in, I think, other cities, but I do think that people are realizing that there's kind of a need for it because it makes it so much harder for like a small food business to succeed. Uh, I mean, Chicago has so many and they have incubator programs where like you get to like test storefront with your rent like crazy great opportunities and why don't we have that here we should make it happen Liv I know I know I know I want to do so bad that would be so fun like a mini public market for like new new companies where they can make and produce would be like the coolest thing ever and be the coolest thing well you heard it here first people who knows (laughs) what'll happen someone listen to this and do it please I'll be be your first renter Uh, yeah And then this idea she has for a public market for entrepreneurs. That would be so cool, wouldn't it? It would be very cool. So yep, cracking on that, Milwaukee. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's do this. Let's get Julie. Is it Julie Kaufman? Do we need to get her on the oh, show? <laughs> our next guest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee has a little ice cream community going. Like I feel like we have Scratch, we have Purple Door, Live a Little. A P- Pete's Pops, maybe if he, if yeah, gets... yes, I know Pete. I've met mm-hmm. with Pete. I actually know all of the. It's funny. Everyone talks. Everyone talks to each other, which is so fun. Even if you're like a competitor. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, what's that community like in Milwaukee, and is yeah, that a supportive? I it's, yeah, it's different in Milwaukee for sure than what I hear about other cities. It's only supportive. I mean, Pete sat down and helped me very early on at the beginning. Tell me, like, oh, maybe try this, maybe try this. Pete was a unique situation where he had a full time job while he was running an entire popsicle business that's changed since then but talking to someone especially after graduating I was like I want to keep doing live a little but um I also need a job and he was such a good person to talk to in that sense and then I've met with Lauren from Purple Door Scratch Ryan the owner and I talk all the time just goofing around like haha nice flavor you know 
this um good positive energy just supporting each other and like and I feel like that's Milwaukee's mindset. People are very nice. I don't know if it's like that in a bigger city. I could definitely see it being a little more uh, cutthroat. Because same goes for food kitchens. I remember when I was looking for a food kitchen and everyone was like, you got to be careful. Like people are really testy in there and like kind of mean and rude. And just, it's like a competition. And I'm in the nicest food kitchen ever. I mean, I call them my like Italian aunt. They're so cool. They take care of me, the owners and the other people that work there. Like we switch, we trade macaroons for ice cream or sandwiches for ice cream. So I feel like that might be a hurdle or an internal struggle for people who are thinking about doing something. Well, this already exists. Somebody's already doing it and they're doing it better than I could do it or, you know, but we don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think we get into that scarcity mindset when really we need to be in a more abundant mindset because the opportunity is out there. And I think people stop themselves by that comparison or that scarcity mindset. And I think that's not necessary. Is there space for all of us? Honestly, I'm surprised we don't have any more ice cream shops. We have some frozen yogurt. I mean, on the bus makes vegan ice cream. I guess that's probably my number one competitor, but I don't really look at it as a competitor because I can't even produce enough for my demand. So I think there's room for everyone. It kind of just depends on what you want. I really appreciated this idea that Liv draws out that competition among ice cream people in Milwaukee isn't really a thing because there's room for everybody. And it just brings to mind for me, I mean, as a coach, this is a, this is a common barrier, I think, to putting myself out there. You know, there's so many coaches, there are a dime a dozen, they're all you know, who am I to start doing this work? But the reality is like my flavor might be somebody's favorite. And, you know, using this metaphor of the ice cream flavors, Liv might create a flavor that nobody else has created, but it happens to be my kid's very favorite yes. ice cream flavor. And thank God she's doing her thing because I could then discover that. So I think yes. this, this could be kind of an inspiring thing for, for those of you out there that are sitting on an idea, but you don't want to do it because there's just, there's already you know, all the children's books have been written or all of the nonprofits have been started. What's my, you know, what's my idea going to bring to the table? Hey, we might need your flavor. Yes. You know? Yes. I love that. Yes. I think that's so right. And this idea that they just go back and, I mean, she talked about her and Ryan from scratch going back and forth and teasing each other about flavors, but they're just putting them out, you know, and they're just making it happen and not, um, reading all the books about all the different flavors or, you know, or, you know, to put it in ways that non ice cream related ways, but, you know, and some people might be sitting on, well, I just need to get this other degree and then I can do my thing. Or I just need a few more letters behind my name or my MBA or my MFA or my CPA, or, you know, whatever it is, whatever field you're in, there's this limiting belief that we can't do it unless we have all those things when really just get your flavor out there. Just try it, bounce it off a few people, see if it works, see if it sticks. If it doesn't go back and try something else, right? It does, but you don't need all the things behind you in order to start. The other thing that I really noticed in her story is um, the awareness of what was out there in terms of resources. So Happens to be helpful that if you're in college, right? Because of course, all the resources are right at your fingertips. You've got all the the programs and the scholarships and the awards and the investment in, you know, she was at Marquette. So the Marquette's investment in having her be a success, right? Because that's what colleges want for their 
for their students. But I don't think it, uh, I guess so I'm talking about the the external resources, but also just the almost happenstances of of her story too. So the fact that she was given this as a gift for Christmas, you know, and then that that happened to fall on a year that there was a polar vortex. Yes. Um, that then that, you know, spiraled until that grew and she won this award to get more money and to be able to invest back in the business. And then the story about her, her dad bidding on this industrial ice cream machine and winning and just all these things that came into play, you know, what do you call it? Serendipity? Do you call it synchronicity? Do you call it the universe working its magic? You know, whatever you call it, once she started taking those steps, things happened. Yeah. And then once COVID hit, I, which, right, for a lot of people, that was a big bump in the road for their business, but it was weirdly what I needed. I needed to get laid off of my job to jump into ice cream and like take the next step. And I don't know if I would have gotten this far if that didn't happen. Because it almost forced me to slow down to focus on it. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a crazy, all the timing, it all lined up. Because right, if COVID didn't happen, I probably would have stayed at my job. And it would have been this juggling act. And I don't know if I ever would have been able to sit down and figure out what was overwhelming me, which was the licensing and looking for the kitchen and the legal stuff and getting, you know, the inspectors to come in. Like, I was like, what? I mean... From someone yeah. who's a creative brain, that's very intimidating, um, especially when you don't know the words that are describing what they're going to do on the paper, right? I'm like Google searching the words on the paper, what they're going to you know, say. And it was just way over my head. But I had an abundance of time when the pandemic hit to figure it out. Almost like life will unfold if you start on the journey, right? You get started and then things will happen and then you have to respond to them. There's like a certain accountability in all of that, I think. You know, mm-hmm. if you commit to going to a market at a certain date, you're going to make sure you have the products for that market and it'll push you to say to, to, to get the thing done. I felt like that point was drawn out in the story about the commons holding her accountable to getting her LLC. I mean, I was also conveniently part of the um, commons program right when I graduated their their whole business is around like guiding um, and figuring out big ideas and making them happen. So it was like the right place for me to work and do design and innovative thinking while working at Live a Little because they always be like, well, how can you apply this to Live a Little? And I remember on a lunch, I didn't file an LLC yet. And my boss at the time, Joe, said, you are not allowed to come back to work until you file this LLC at lunch. Like, it's not that hard. Like, you just need to do it. Cause I kept putting it off and he's like, you just need to fill it out. Just figure it out. Like they're going to send it back to you if it's wrong. And that's what I did. And then I got the LLC cause I just winged it <laughs> and it worked out. I mean, it's not that hard, right? It's just a matter of like sitting down and doing it. And I think you sometimes need someone to be like, just do it. I think that, I think those resources are out there for anyone, for everyone. And I don't think it has to be only for college kids or only for young, young entrepreneurs or 30 under 30, you know, I think those resources are out there and we just need to plug into them as, you know, potential entrepreneurs or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to do. For you, Megan, I'm curious what, what resources like that have been there for you as you've gotten started on your own entrepreneurial journey? Well, like 
looking into that biz starts offered a six week course for entrepreneurs, kind of talking about the entrepreneurial mindset and what you need to do to get started. And that was really helpful. I met, you know, a bunch of other, mostly women, uh, but there was a few men who were talking about starting their own thing too. And realizing that, you know, there are people in this with you who want to support you and organizations that want to support that as well. They were offering free coaching and free seminars, webinars, all that kind of thing. I also had a meeting with somebody from SCORE, which remind myself what that stands for, but it was basically experts in their field who are either retired or sort of nearing the end of their careers who would like to help young entrepreneurs, not even young, (laughs) who would just like to help entrepreneurs get started with their ideas, offering advice in all the different branches of business. So accounting or taxes or just getting things started. So there to help with that, which, which was a super helpful conversation for me to have. Yeah, we should link these things in show notes or something for yeah, folks to yeah. um, link to. And like you, Shelly, with Tempo. Yeah, right. I got a great scholarship to go to coaching, get my coach certification through Tempo, which allowed me to you know, launch as a small business owner because I had a coaching certification. Um, yeah. It was a huge, huge step. And then I also participated in a WIBIC program for small businesses. So the Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation has resources for small businesses, um, loads of them. And I took a, it was like a semester long course on starting a small business um, a few years back. So there's really lots of resources out there for not just young people, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but for, for anybody at whatever age. Yeah. So yeah, definitely tapping into those, I think is something that, you know, talking to Liv, she was really adept at, I think probably because of where she was at in life in college and what was kind of offered to her, but it's still out there no matter, no matter how old. And on that note, I think it's a wrap. Thank you to live at live a little ice cream. You can find live at live a little ice cream.com and follow. I highly recommend following her on Instagram. She's really a fun person to follow. She does really engaging things. And I've learned a lot from her actually. Because remember, she's also a designer. She's not just an ice cream maker. Yes. Follow her on Insta at live a little ice cream. And yes, follow her at markets or find her at markets this summer. Hopefully the night markets. I think that was one she said she wanted to get into. So find her, have a scoop, tell her you heard about her on the Cream City Dreams podcast. (laughs) Maybe we need to see if Liv wants to do a little collab and get our own little ice cream flavor. What would it be, Megan? What would our ice cream flavor be? Creamsicle dreams. Creamsicle dreams. Huh. All right. Who knows? Who knows? You heard it here first. (laughs) We have the scoop. Thank you to live at live a little ice cream. And we'll be back at you with our next guest, who is another Milwaukee change maker, go getter, entrepreneur. Making her dreams come true. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time on Cream City Dreams. Cream City Dreams, baby. Boom. (laughs) Are you loving the podcast? Oh, we hope so. If you are, do us a favor. Like us on all the socials. We are on Facebook at Cream City Dreams. We are on Instagram at Cream City Dreams. And tell your friends. Share our links on your socials. And maybe most importantly, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell them how much you love us. And if you're feeling even more generous, you could buy us a coffee at the link in the show notes. This podcast is a labor of love, by which we mean we absolutely love creating it. 
but it's a heck of a lot of work. So if you want to throw us a couple bucks to buy ourselves a coffee, or honestly, if we get more than a couple bucks, possibly some better editing software, we would not stop you. Have we mentioned that we have seven kids between us? So we're pretty much up early before the kids wake up to put this thing together. So coffee would not go amiss. Show us the coffee. And hey, you know some woman doing something inspiring in Milwaukee and you think we should interview her? Please drop us an email, creamcitydreamspodcast at gmail.com or head to our website. Let us know about her. And if you see our guests in the wild, be sure to let them know you've heard about them on Cream City Dreams Podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. It is a joy to connect with you here. Yes, you're helping us bring our Cream City Dream to life. Boom. Boom. Thanks, listeners. We love you.